important that we can do in our lives than this work that we're doing or this way of coming into reconnection and healing with ourselves. The Buddha said that we can live a hundred lives for a hundred years and that that wouldn't be as important, as meaningful and as purifying as living one moment in mindfulness. We can drive our cars and go to work. We can put on new clothes and take off dirty clothes. We can put them in the washing machine. We can hang out and eat and read. And the Buddha said that what counts only in terms of our healing and the meaning for our lives is whether any of those moments were done in the space of mindfulness or awareness and loving-kindness. We can leave this room and not come back again, ever, nor sit again, and this day might then become the most meaningful in our life. And I myself, when I go to bed every night, cast my mind through the day and say, what, what was my day like for me? What where was I connected? How did it feel? What felt good? What felt like a blessing? What was difficult? And I can cast my mind through the day and sometimes I find myself coming back again to the fact that the most meaningful part was my sitting in the morning or the most meaningful part was when I stopped at the end of the day and held hands with my partner for a moment in silence before we ate. And I could have done great things. I could have gone swimming, my favorite activity in the local pond, or gone to a great movie. And still, when I sit at the end of the day with, where did I feel really touched and connected? It comes back to that place and space of mindfulness. And it, that place and space of mindfulness doesn't mean that in that connection, it might not have been difficult. It might have been difficult. I might have felt a lot of pain in my knee or sadness or doubt. But nevertheless, as I look in my life, through my life over the years and over this day, it always comes back to that ability and willingness to come back to being present with what's happening and to be present with non-reaction and non-judgment. In this way, it really therefore feels to me to be a, a tremendous honor to be here with you all and to share what I think is most important in our lives together. To share it, but also to understand that in us all coming together. We create not just the connection with ourselves, but we create the opportunity and space for each woman in this room to connect with herself as well. And I don't think there's a greater gift that we can give someone than the gift of our own practice. Because when we forget and we look at someone walking up the road to the 
lunch to the lunch and they're walking mindfully, we remember we're, we're confronted with our rushing. And we say, ah, oh, I forgot. Or when we open the door and we go out and we see someone walking mindfully, we remember, oh, I just pushed open that door and I didn't even realize it. It's a really wonderful gift to give to each other the gift of our own practice and the gift of honoring ourselves because it reminds all of us to honor ourselves. So it's not just that we're practicing and liberating ourselves, we're actually supporting each other's liberation and that there is a tremendous amount of faith that can arise when we understand that we're not alone in doing this. That really each one of us here as we delve into our painful knees or the, the unsatisfactory conditions of sitting with ourselves, when we lose our humor, you know, we also are in a process that creates, no matter how unsatisfactory it is, the conditions for faith. Because just doing it creates faith, the faith for other people. We hold it. We really do hold it for each other. And it's a tremendous gift. And I think finally I want to say that um, something about faith in these teachings. <clears throat> we were driving in the car and we were talking about how for some of us who've come from Catholic or Jewish upbringings, religion was held in the Bible and in particular authorities and hierarchies that um, told us that they had the truth and that the truth was mediated through them and that if we really were good and listened to them we could also be blessed by God or perhaps by the truth. And not only is this particular relationship held in some of the religious backgrounds that we've come from but it's held in this culture as well we are told over and over again that the truth does not lie inside of us, that it lies outside of us, that it lies in authorities, those that write articles in newspapers, that it lies in authorities of those who put news events and in-depth investigation on TV, that it lies in authors who are specialists in subjects, that it lies in... Um, whatever our particular thing is. <laughs> and we talked yesterday about the Buddha saying that in the end, our authority, our authority and our empowerment comes not even in a good meditation, not in a rhythm of breath, not in joy, and ecstasy, but comes in the ability to be present to those experiences. That when we are in that relationship, we are in a relationship of tremendous empowerment and authority. Because it is only in that relationship 
we are able to see clearly what is true. Each of us here has the capacity to see what is true and what isn't true. And that capacity comes from being present in a non-reactive way. That is the greatest gift we can give ourselves, is to become our own authority, to begin to know deeply what is true for us and what isn't. At the same time, I'm sitting here because I have gone through months and months of doubt. As someone said in the car, I sat through 10 days in this dark room in the middle of the desert with everyone wrapping blankets around themselves and said, what am I doing here? And I'm here. I'm here as a support and I'm here as a living example as every person who practices is a living example of the difficulties of finding our way into that relationship of being present without distortion and ignorance. I'm here as an example of the challenges of being a woman and a lesbian walking and practicing this path. And I'm here also as part of a lineage of radical women for thousands of years, some of whom we know and some of whom we don't know, who say, we as women and we as lesbians are our ultimate authority. We have the capacity to find and to know the deepest faith in our community and in our teachers, but finally and ultimately in ourselves. Our faith and our authority comes not from demanding certainty, comes not from expecting particular events, but comes from letting go and opening into the unknown. When we are able to let go of all the stories that we've brought with us today, of all the pains, of all the places of holding, we touch the deepest part of our faith and open into this relationship of empowerment, of wisdom and compassion. We're here today for our deepest healing. As is traditional to start this process, we can take the refuges If you feel comfortable with it, opening your heart to take the first refuge, this refuge of knowing we are our own authority, that we have the capacity, each of us here, to know what is true. I take refuge in my own capacity to know what is true. I take refuge in the way of opening, I take refuge in being present in the moment. 
without reaction and judgment. I take refuge in every woman here and the support she gives me. I take refuge in this community. For the second time, we can do it more formally. I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the Sangha. For the third time, I take refuge in my capacity for awakening. I take refuge in meeting myself with awareness and loving kindness. I take refuge in each of you here, my community. I take refuge. In the Buddhist teaching, acknowledging that honoring and that intention. Tilting the energies of the universe towards peace and harmony, respect and love. 